Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are in the second episode of our multi-part series on the MBTI, or Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go back and listen to that. We give a flyover review of the whole MBTI. But today, what we're going to be talking about specifically is introversion versus extroversion. So this piece is really, how do you get your energy and how do you recharge? Extroverts get their energy from external and outside and social activities. Whereas introverts, they get energy from being alone and they recharge that way. So one of the ways to know this is if you go to a party or some kind of event or function, as you're leaving and you're getting into the car, if you feel just exhausted and excited to be going home, then you are probably an introvert. But on the other hand, if you're leaving and you just feel filled up and excited, then you're probably the extrovert. If you're dreading going or you want to leave almost immediately when you arrive, you might be an introvert. (laughs) So remember that as we talk about these different preferences, they really are on a continuum. So one introvert is not going to be the same as another introvert. And same with the extrovert. You're going to have different ranges of this. You can have one introvert who won't even go to the party. And then you can have another introvert who is willing to go to the party and can actually be quite engaging in that situation, but it's for a limited time. And if they stay there too long, it'll drain them. And then you have an extrovert who is energized and excited to be there and engages in conversation where it's kind of a back and forth and they talk and they listen. And then you have another extrovert who is just bouncing off the walls and just so excited and sometimes can be so obnoxious, especially to the extreme introverts. They're just jumping off the wall, talking over people, and they're just really energized. So as we're talking through this, remember that we're going to talk about it from our perspective, but this really is a continuum. And even on that continuum, you can even have people who are what's called an ambivert, somebody who's really kind of in between. They kind of can't make up their mind between introverted or extroverted. And under Myers-Briggs, that would be considered what's called a true X. So they wouldn't be an I or an E. They'd be an X where they really are just this cross between the two. Now, I think the majority kind of breaks down where it's either they're introverted or extroverted, whether they're mildly introverted or mildly extroverted, or all the way to the extremes where they're very extroverted or very introverted. But you can be somewhere in between where you're a little bit of both. Now, one of the interesting things about this, and I don't think that we necessarily have a good English definition for a word that categorizes this, but when you're thinking about it, being an introvert or an extrovert, they're not needs in the sense that you need to have it like you need to drink water or you need to eat food in order to survive, but they're needs in the sense that if they're not fulfilled, you won't function as well. And so actually, just before this podcast, I even looked up some definitions for something in between a need and a want to see if there's something that would kind of thread the needle. And there was a couple that came up, but they really didn't seem to land super good for me. Desire, preference, craving, or yearning were some of the options for that. But realistically, when you think about this, it's not fair to just say, well, I want less social contact or I want more social contact, because if you don't get what's in line with your personality type, you just won't be able to function at your maximum potential. 
And so one of the things to think about too is that there's what's called your inferior personality type. And basically what that is, is it's the opposite of whatever your normal personality aspects are. So for me, I'm the representative of the introverts out there and I can act extroverted. I can be in extroverted scenarios. But one of the things that that has a tendency to do is really drain my battery a lot faster. So just like Ruth was saying, if we're out at a social gathering, the more extroverted I'm acting or behaving, the faster that's just draining my battery. And same thing for Ruth is the more socially isolated she is, the more that that drains her battery. Even for these podcast episodes, she asked me the other day, she's like, hey, when I'm editing, can you just be in the room with me? And when you're editing the last episode, how did it feel when I was just sitting in the room? It was nice because it allowed me to get the work that I needed to get done done while also kind of filling up my Tim love tank. <laughs> Versus for me, that would never even enter into my mind because when I'm editing or when I'm doing some solo work, I prefer more complete focus and somebody in the room is more likely to be distracting to me. And it doesn't fulfill that introversion aspect. And even there's sometimes where maybe we're doing some family stuff or things are getting kind of crazy. I'm like, well, I got some work I could do. And then it gives me a reason to go and get some solitude where I'm still doing something helpful or beneficial, but then I get to be solo and then just take some of that time for myself where I'm separated a little bit and I get to recharge my battery a little bit. So when we look at this in terms of relationship, we want to make sure that we're taking into account the other person's personality and what they need. Because I know he's not trying to get away from me or it's not that he doesn't want to spend time with me or with the family. It's just that he needs some time to recharge and to fill back up. And I know that that's so good for him. And that's great for our family too, because once he's filled up, then he pours that back into our family and we get to go out and do things. And so we're going to get into the differences between introverts and extroverts a little more deeply. But that's a great example that introverts work best when they're alone, whereas extroverts they can work with people around and they enjoy working with people. Although sometimes that certainly can be a distraction if it was more than just Tim in the room, because then if there was a conversation going on, I'd want to engage in that as well and kind of interact that way. So just like you were saying, the focus of attention for introverts tends to be inward where the focus of attention for extroverts tends to be focused outward. And this really reminds me of, I think we had found a worksheet and that worksheet was talking about the things that frustrate or annoy the different personality types. And for you, one of the things that frustrated or annoyed you was not having access to brainstorming versus for me, brainstorming was frustrating or annoying to me. And it's because that outward focus for you of that brainstorming aspect versus for me, that inside focus of being by myself and not brainstorming with people and trying to solve the problem on my own. And so I think that totally goes along with what you were just saying right there. And I think some of that is that external processing that extroverts like to externally process. And so when they brainstorm, it allows them to think out loud, right? They have the permission to do this and to think out loud. And the ideas don't have to be well thought through. Whereas introverts, they don't necessarily like brainstorming because a lot of the ideas that they're going to say or speak have been well thought out, right? Because they are kind of that inner world where they've really thought through things. And so then they come to a meeting where people are brainstorming and the extroverts are throwing out any kind of idea that maybe isn't even feasible. And they're like, what are you even talking about? Whereas the introvert comes to the table with a lot more practical and realistic ideas. And that's not always the case. And extroverts have great and practical and realistic ideas as well. 
but you have to weed through all the other ideas that they have and that they're throwing out as they're brainstorming. It's so funny. I used to work at this company and we'd have these things called all staff meetings. And a lot of times in these all staff meetings, we would have these large brainstorming sessions where the company would talk about a problem and they'd want to hear from the employees about what are solutions or what are workarounds, what can we do. And I remember whenever those meetings would come up, I would have my answer. I'd raise my hand immediately. I would say what I thought would be a beneficial thing. And then for the next 45 minutes or an hour when other people were talking, I would like literally try to just turn my brain off and stop paying attention. And then getting near the end, I would start paying attention again to see, okay, what's our final conclusion, right? Because I didn't even want to hear anybody else's idea. I just wanted to say what I thought was good. And then I wanted to hear, all right, now what are we finally doing here at the end? And it's not that you thought the other's ideas weren't smart, but it was almost like, clearly we're not going to do all of these things. So what's the point in even entertaining the ideas of all of this? I just want to share my idea and then figure out what the conclusion is, even if it's not my idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because listening to everybody's ideas too, for me at the very least, sometimes then it's hard for me to weed between, okay, this is something somebody said, but then what are we actually doing? Sometimes I can get confused and think, oh, I heard that we were doing this, but then maybe we weren't really doing that. Maybe it was just something somebody suggested. So it's almost like a bar for me to protect myself from absorbing unnecessary or unhelpful information. And so this goes with this next part is that the communication styles of introversion versus extroverts are introverts often prefer to communicate in writing or in one-on-one -on -one conversations and may find group settings overwhelming, while extroverts enjoy the group interactions and may thrive at public speaking or leadership roles. And a really interesting thing I think about this is that generally at like parties and things like that, my main goal is to find a kind of isolated area because if that happens, a one-on-one -on -one conversation is more likely to happen. Or like even when we go to weddings or something like that, having assigned tables, that's fine to me because then it's a smaller group of people that even if I don't know them, I'm more likely to be able to engage in a smaller group conversation compared to just if everybody's out mingling around then it's harder for me to engage with people. And especially if it's a lot of people I don't know, the probability of me engaging socially is very small. Oh, totally. When we go to parties, we usually find that home base where I know... You can leave me and then go socialize, but then I'll be okay. <laughs> and then we meet up sometime later. Right. So you often find that introvert in that one place. This is kind of where I've set up. And then the extrovert will be kind of butterflying around. I do think there's an interesting thing too. I think Extroverts can be more comfortable public speaking to a certain degree, but I, I don't think introverts are necessarily uncomfortable public speaking. I like public speaking, and the reason why is because I've been actively given permission to speak on something, and then two, I'm speaking to an audience, but to me that audience feels like one person. It doesn't feel like multiple people, and then more it's just I'm talking from a level of expertise that I feel very confident in. And so it's not difficult or uncomfortable for me in the slightest. But on the other hand, walking up to a group of four or five people and then just starting to talk about something that I'm interested in feels like cringy to me, like I can feel it on my skin that's uncomfortable, like I couldn't do that. When people do that to me, it does not bother me one iota, but I feel very uncomfortable doing that with other people. And I think part of that is the difference between introverts and extroverts on the depth of conversation. Whereas extroverts, yes, we want to go deep at times, but we're okay having small talk, like talking to the cashier or talking to the server. Whereas introverts, they don't like. I would even say Tim would say they despise small talk. Oh, I, I totally agree. 
Now, I have learned how to do small talk because you can't just dive into. So tell me about your childhood. Was your <laughs> parent a good parent or bad parent? That kind of thing. You have to ease into that. And so I've learned to do that, but I don't enjoy that aspect of it because it's not interesting to me. Versus deeper conversations are much more interesting and engaging to me. So much so that if I can get engaged into a deep conversation when we're in a larger social setting, you might be the one pulling me out of the party versus me being the one who pulls you out of the party. But if I can't get engaged in some deeper level of conversation, that drains my battery or my energy more. That same idea about the extrovert butterflying around. When Tim has this home base, he's sitting there. People are kind of butterflying around him. Like people will come in, they'll have conversations with him. And then a lot of times they'll stay the whole party and talk with him. And that's where the depth of conversation comes. Whereas the extroverts that kind of butterfly around, like you said, it does take a while to engage in deeper conversation. And so if we're kind of just fluttering around, we don't always have the opportunity to have those deep conversations as we're trying to say hi to different people and connect with everyone. And actually, this is a really interesting thing, and this is just something I thought about right now. There's times where when I'm in a deep conversation with somebody, and then you want to jump in and you want to tell me something, or you're coming from somewhere else and you want to have me go do something or something like that. Sometimes that could be a struggle for me, and the reason why is because I'm afraid to lose the cadence of the mm -hmm. conversation, and I'm afraid that I won't be able to get that same moment back because... For me, it's a much more energy costly event to get into those moments. And so when I get there, I very deeply value it. And so it's hard for me to break in that moment to like maybe go grab one of the kids or go do this, that or the other thing, because I may not get that back. And then I may be stuck the rest of the party doing small talk. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Whereas I don't think that I've ever even considered that. I've always thought if I ask you to do something, you can go do it real quick and then jump back into the conversation. And I think this is things that People of different personality aspects do a lot. And it's not a bad thing and it's not an intentional thing, but we look at how somebody would respond to something the same way that we would respond to it. But realistically, we can have very, very different responses to the same thing because of our personality differences. Right. Because if that happened to me, where I was in a deep conversation with someone, I could easily go do something. And even though the mood has changed, I could come back and say, oh, yeah, we were talking about this and go right back into that depth of conversation even if it's kind of an awkward transition. Whereas for you, you think, oh man, that moment has already passed and you're not going to awkwardly change that conversation back to try and recapture that. Absolutely, because the conversation originally got there organically mm -hmm. and then it feels awkward to shoehorn in there versus I think for you, right, if the conversation is going one way, I've watched you do this and I admire this about you because I can't do this at all, where all of a sudden you'll be like, I want to talk about this. And then like, no kind of tactful segue. You're just like, now we're talking about this. And then you just totally jump to a different subject. And I think that could be a really helpful and useful skill because I do think, right, you could just go back to that person and be like, oh, so we were talking about this before we got interrupted. But for me, that's just more difficult, right? That takes more of my emotional capital and my social battery. And so then when coming back to that, it's like, oh, well, I guess we'll talk about whatever. Or maybe they're talking to other people. And that changes the social dynamic for me where I'm like, I'm definitely not going to bring up what we we're talking about one on one and then talk about that in a group setting because I don't know if that person would be comfortable with it or not comfortable with it. And so that goes along with kind of that idea that introverts are very introspective. They think a lot about and are curious a lot about how people might respond to them or to what they say versus extroverts are definitely more comfortable just kind of shooting from the hip and then dealing with if there is any aftermath afterwards. 
And recently I've heard something really interesting about extroversion. And I can't remember exactly where I had heard it from. And he was talking about that really there's not much gender difference between introversion and extroversion. And he was saying that, yeah, women are slightly higher in extroversion, but not anything significant. But then he talked about something I hadn't heard before, and it was aspects of extroversion. And he said there are two aspects, assertiveness, which is kind of that confidence that you see, and the other is enthusiasm, which is a raw sense of fun and excitement. And so when you look at that, there is a difference. that extrovert men are higher in assertiveness, whereas extrovert women are higher in enthusiasm. And I thought this was really interesting because a lot of times I think there is this false perception of extroverts are very confident and introverts aren't confident. And I don't think that's always the case. And hearing this, that really made sense to me. And I think for me, in my own experience, I don't necessarily feel confident in every situation socially but I have that enthusiasm. And so I think looking at these two aspects of extroversion kind of helps separate out that not all extroverts are assertive with the definition of being confident versus the enthusiasm, that there are extroverts that are just kind of enthusiastic. They get really fueled and fed by being in social situations, but they don't always have that assertiveness or confidence in it. And so I think the inverse for introverts would be some introverts have social anxiety right? So social situations just make them feel wildly uncomfortable versus other introverts. They can go into social situation and feel fine, but then it just kind of drains their battery. And so I think it is important to note that if you are somebody who is an introvert who has that social anxiety, that's not really a normative thing. And you don't want to identify that as that's just introversion. There's something else kind of going on wrong there. You have some underlying issue that's causing you to feel anxious as opposed to this is draining for me, or maybe a little bit uncomfortable based on the circumstances. So be careful because remember, introversion versus extroversion, there's no pathology in these, right? But if there is some level of pathology where you have some type of anxiety, it's not just because you're an introvert. There's something going wrong there that needs to be worked on and corrected so that you can enjoy those social situations more. But the aspect of being drained by that's not something that you can change. All right, you guys, we're going to stop there on part one, and we'll pick up in the next episode for part two of introversion and extroversion. And we'd love for you to join us in the next episode as we continue this series on personalities and relationships. Have a great day, and remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.